Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Creep Dive. It's us. It's us, your old creepy friends. You probably remember us, but if this is your very first time here, and wait, is this a hive or a main episode? This is a main, yeah, keep going. Oh, this, this could is be for your the very public. first time here. We've well, actually, this I, when I was buying our coffee this morning, you know, we moved studios, and you have to find your coffee shop and build up a rapport. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard because it's such a good rapport with, with one kind of folk I really miss them and they enjoyed the creep dive and friends oh hello that's just our friendly that's just Edgar Allan Poe that's not Ranala Um, (laughs) so I I was I've tried a new coffee shop this morning on the way how'd it go nice but you know you start the little chitter chatter planting the seeds he's like oh do you work around here I was like yeah I'm going got a podcast studio you know just around on undisclosed location and um he's like what's your podcast called and it said creep dive and he wrote it down he's like i'm gonna check that out so this could be his first first episode episode. this one goes out to you coffee man thank Uh, you for the lovely coffee wait for this lads do it so when you have kids you have to bring them to a thing called a public health nurse to check on them absolutely very occasionally the phn it's pretty okay usually sure is and uh, i did that then with my youngest yesterday right she's four do it in you go. Can she count? No. Can she read? No. All appropriate things for her age. Everything's normal-ish. And then at the end of the meeting, yes, the public health nurse said, big creep dive fan, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was like, I that it. is brilliant. That's great. Thank you. She said, I may not be your... Um, what do you call it when someone's your typical audience? Demographic? Or? Yeah. She definitely is. Absolutely, you're our demographic. There is no demographic. Everyone of you type. are I, our I demographic. Everyone just likes to console themselves by saying, I, I'm not. This I'm is not out of character yeah. for me. But you are. <laughs> I'm doing it against my better We judgment. are you. We are all the same. I also met a lot of new people this week and I've been describing what, I'm, what I do for a living. Oh yeah, that's hard. And it is really hard. Say, I am an internet person. I'm an entertainer. I'm from the internet. 
would you say uh, enter, internet entertainer absolutely a bit of everything all, all of, of the, the time, time. Yeah. Uh, this is a creep dive have we got a creep of the week sure I do come on this comes in from um, one of our creeps uh, Rach uh, tagged us wait no first off sorry first off I've got a tag from Shauna uh She's uh, suggested this may be the very best ever chat slash take a break mag headline. Oh, yes. Are we ready? My wife sucked off our neighbor while I queued for queen. (laughs) The wife is a babe. Let's have a look. Are you looking at the pic? There she is in the black on the left. Sucked off in giant pink letters. I know. You have to say it in an English accent. My wife sucked off our neighbour while I queued for Queen. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to figure out which of these two men on the right. I, the the neighbour is not pictured. Horrendous. We need a visual. But also there is just such a little treat down the bottom left of the picture as well. Um, there's no context. There's no clue of what this story might be about. But it's got to be about Rita Ora. And it says Tita Ora, as in teat, like nipple. <laughs> and I do want, I think I want more on that story, more as I have it. And then there is the other, very many people sent me this clip from Joe Rogan. Did you guys see this? Come on. No. Um, I probably so, watched the whole Joe Ro- Rogan episode. <laughs> yeah, so basically uh, this comes from Rach and a few people emailed it to me as well. Thank you guys. I cannot believe there is a 9-11 Titanic Joe Rogan crossover. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, it's like yeah, this AI is... has made creep dive content. Yeah. So I have a clip. Will we listen to it? Yes, please. I decided for fun to come to it cold. So it's uh, it's um, fucking shit. What's, what's the man's name again? Hey, <laughs> you, know, you know the man. Joe? The man called... Rob Lowe. There we go. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, who is such Sensational. a delightfully weird individual. Really recommend the, oh my o- God. the audiobook of his biography. Uh, yes. Stories I Tell My Friends. Very good. Very good. And then also, I just recommend watching Behind the Candelabra and like re-watching all of Rob Lowe's scenes in isolation after you've enjoyed the film. Do you remember him in it? No. He's got so much surgery, he can't close his eyes. Oh, yes, yes, (laughs) yes. so funny. So anyway, basically this clip, Rob Lowe is talking and I believe he is talking about, when he says Jim, he's talking about James Cameron, our fave. Okay, let's get a little bit of audio going, Soph. Can you do this? Can she? She'll try. The uh, Jim is, he's like, there's no one like him. There's literally nobody like him. The fucking guy went to the bottom of the ocean. So Bill and he went to... Bill's like, God damn, Jim's taking me down to the Titanic. I'm going next Thursday. <laughs> Good Bill impersonation. And, and they went down to the Titanic. They had lunch on the deck of the fucking Titanic. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh and, my God. And then Bill came insane. up and everybody was like ashen-faced and freaking out. And 9-11 had happened. Oh, oh fuck. Bill Paxton was on the deck of the Titanic when 9-11 happened. Mental. Huh? Jim Cameron. Shit. Is that crazy? Oh my God. I feel like Rob Lowe's here with us. Insane. insane. I love Rob That's Lowe. Insane. That's crazy. Yeah, um, so there's a couple of just, you know, creeps from the internet. Here we that go. would be mind blowing <clears throat> because I think, guys, FYI, that's so, a real 9-11 where were you story. Massively. Mm. But while we're in the world of submarines, Netflix have released the documentary 
um, of the Norwegian engineer who killed the journalist on his homemade submarine. Yes. And it is excellent. Oh, wow. What's so fascinating about it is, okay, during the, you might remember the story. Well, that is the story of what happened. But so what I didn't know was that a documentarian was kind of making a documentary about this man. Um, in the days before the murder took place. No. So what they have is tons of footage in the lead up to him butchering a journalist, cutting her up oh. and setting her. Not only that, so, so he broke apart her torso. Oh, God. He strapped it up with bits of sheet metal to try to sink it. Pierced it a number of times oh, so that it would to ensure it would sink. It didn't. Jesus. It washed up. He's in prison. But it is fascinating. And it ends in the most amazing part of an interview. Um, so if Wait, you're kicking it off. the end of it. No, no. Okay. So when you're kicking <laughs> off, you know, stick with it. But it's very, very interesting. But another kind of twist in it is. So this guy was, had sort of a following of what he called interns but they were engineers young engineer kind of uh, guys who just finished college guys and girls and they were really following this guy he was really super passionate and uh, initially they built the submarine and then his next thing was he wanted to build a rocket that Mm. went to space Mm. and they were all in it with it 100% commitment right some of them were living with him on the in the kind of warehouse space that he was working in yeah but there was one uh, very young girl she must be in her mid-twenties working with him I believe her she was an engineer as well she was really really intertwined with him Mm. and as the documentary rolls out you begin to understand that she may have been his original target there was a number of messages that he sent to her and this this realisation comes during the doc- so the documentary in this uh, woman, a female film- filmmaker, filmed the original with all of these people before the murder, broke during the murder trial, returned to re-interview them after oh the fact. God. And during the re-interviews with the people, they kind of, un- they, they, there was more evidence that came For to sure, light. For sure, sure. Like they have hindsight now. It is really excellent. Now your telling of that story is also excellent. Is that is was it me who told that story? I'm pretty sure it was Jen. Was it you? I don't think ago? I've ever done a submarine story. No, no, yeah, it was a good while you ago. You definitely did ago. this. I remember. Yeah, but I don't think I. I think oh, Kate. you ma- maybe it was me. But really, go back and that could be in a great afternoon watch for everyone. Thank right you. up our street. Um, I'm going to watch that now. There is also a little bit of um, house creeping. Uh, I just want a little do a little shout out to Marta. Um, who was the poor, unsuspecting recipient of a package from me. Um, so Un- Unsolicited? I believe Marta works in Gutter Bookshop, which is oh, down yes. in Tampa Bar. Brilliant <clears throat> indie bookstore. Um, everyone buy from them. And so you may remember that I abused um, my platform as the um, captain of at Dive Creep on Twitter.com <laughs> to post my um, dismay at the change in fruit gum recipe. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I posted my review of the new uh, softer chew. And uh, I also, in the course of the review, detailed the fact that I only eat the citrus flavored fruit gums. Yeah. And this obviously caused widespread consternation. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people believe the berries to be superior. That is (laughs) patently untrue. But anyway, um, uh, Bob, 
who might be a listener. I think he is actually because yeah he interacted with me on Twitter at Die Creek so I think he is hey Bob um, had uh, put forth a kind of you know a bid on um, you know maybe getting some of those berry surplus Ooh. and obviously you know I have tons and tons of berry surplus every month yeah because um, I eat a pack maybe every two days a full pack um, and but not a full pack obviously because of the berries so anyway <laughs> I put Bob in my mental list and was like, oh, I'll send Bob some of the surplus when the time comes. So I posted Bob this freezer bag, quite weighty. It looks yeah. alarming. It's about, yeah, it's about about ha- maybe half a kilo there. And just posted it to Bob at the gutter bookshop. <laughs> and poor Marta was the one to open, <laughs> open the package. The bag say of they, sweets. They were like, this is so heavy. Yeah, so heavy. And I did and a classic loose. creep. No note. I like to just send loose sweets in the post with no note. And uh, Marta tweeted, hope Bob at Buttercup at Gutter Bookshop can explain today's post. Bob says, ha, I feel at Dive Creep may be involved. And I was. <laughs> so shout out to Bob and Marta. Um, OK, so I've got continuing on from uh our little Rob Lowe snippet, I have a 9-11 story. Yoo-hoo! I know yeah. the month has ended and I had threatened and never delivered. We didn't delivered. squeeze one in though, so let's let's take that. So I have a 9-11. Uh, yeah, what do excellent. you guys have? I've got a brilliant chess-related creep. Yay. Oh, brilliant. As we're all experts, we've watched The Queen's Gambit. Couldn't get into it. Well, I went mm. very then deep on chess.com on very many Twitch streams of chess. Ooh. And, uh, and who the big players are and the most recent scandalous event that's happened. You might have come... Does it, no, is that kind of heard of it. There was a, a young master who yes. won... Completely inexplicably, yes, and that's there was what I rumors of oh, all about it, which Very is interesting. scandal. It's scandalous because the whole world of the grandmasters and chess and how you come up in the chess world is. Very interesting. And oh, it's, well, it's, it's believed good... he had some sort of electronic device that he was Say tapping no away. Say no more. But if he did do that, I believe he, he is the greatest chess master. He's just evolved. He's innovated. He's evolved like a chess. Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, also have a sports maybe. creep. Uh, Love which could that. be on the hive perhaps. Is this ch- the Chicago... Boston. M- Boston Marathon. Yeah, but it's not like the Boston Marathon bombings, guys. Don't worry. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, good. No, um, no it's just uh, a Boston Marathon from the 60s. What do we have? Very good. I have uh, a little blue ball locked door mystery, <gasps> but it's so blue ball-y. It's just for me to tell you about it. I love it. Okay, well, we can come on board. It's shorty. It's a shorty. And then I have, I have this, I'm, I'm marinating this headless goat story, oh, but it could, it could, that I be could Halloween? Say, I could save that for Halloween because it's a real, I need to go deeper. One of the shows. It's a bit blue ball-y as well. And if I tell it now, it's like here's what I think. Where are these headless goats coming from? But if, if I tell in a few weeks, it's like know. I looked at all these things and I still don't know where these headless goats are coming <laughs> from. I think you should just offer a, a solution. Tell us it's fact and satisfy us all. Well, it is fact. This was reported in the New Yorker. I'll give you say you no more. What? I'll work. I'll give you the little top line oh, of yeah. this, and then I'll work away on this story as an old <laughs> investigative journalist, and I'll see what I can find up. Right. But basically, there is a river. Um, in at, uh, that runs through Atlanta and dozens of headless goats keep washing up on the riverbank. So what? one of the river keepers, they have these organizations of waterway protectors and one of the river keepers, Jason Ulsett, says that over um, 
the last couple of years, he reckons he's found 500 headless no. goats sure. floating in the river. And no, no, really? no heads. store them now after so you find them? It's well, well, he doesn't take them. He just lets them float just lets by. Them float. Like they're in the river. It but like it's become, it's, it's in a place called Kata, Katahoochee, which is near the Six Flags theme park. Oh. And so this might be theme park related massacres. So of he's leaving them for the kids. Maybe there's something <laughs> under the water, but this isn't the something first time because because maybe there's something under the water. But like, how are the goats getting under the water to be decapitated? I don't know. I do not know. The, pro- the point is that anything I've read so far, they do not know. But I have found other stories of decapitated goats. And in Brooklyn a couple of years ago, there was an issue where goat heads were appearing in the streets. Oh, interesting. So I'll ruminate on Cass this Cass is going to crack the case. Is this? Am I? People have are, I ever? I presume people are already talking about alien involvement. No, they're talking about animal sacrifice or, or, drug, sm- sacrifice. or drug smuggling, which are drug seemingly inten- intrinsically linked that drug smugglers will um, will stuff animals full stuff of drugs. animals and then someone's cutting them off to get them to get the drugs get out. the drugs out. But the, okay, let's Weird think to about go that from the head instead of the other. Exactly. Animals. So they would kind of give the goat little ba- condom baggies of cocaine or something. Maybe. I mean, that feels like a lot of work. It mm. does, doesn't it? And it's not exactly tidy. Have you ever seen the bollocks of a goat? Huge. I might imagine so. So what you'd be better off there doing is like your story when they go balls, the, go balls, like slice open the scrot. Secrete yeah. in a bunch of baggies. It's nature's sack. Exactly. Mm. Sack Point full purse. of drugs. And ha- Bob's your uncle, Nelly's your aunt. And no one would suspect a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a real um it's a real mystery. It's and a they're real pinning it. They're really pinning it on this Afro Caribbean religious tradition, Santeria, mm. which is the practice that involves animal sacrifice. But we don't, I don't I'm not buying it. You're not buying it. I just, I don't think that, no, I just, I, I think that it's probably But would they not it. come forward and say, yeah, sorry, this is No, awesome. because it's, they can't dump the goat bodies in the river. And yeah. why weren't they eating the fucking goats? <clears throat> goat meat can be delicious. Maybe they're eating the heads. Have you eaten goat meat? I don't know. No. <laughs> goats, it's very tough. Is it? harvest the goats for their goat's cheese. Well, absolutely. That's why you should keep them alive. Anyway, we'll come back to that. Come, Yes, I definitely am interested in that. What would you like? Let's go September 11. All right. Okay. So this is actually a story about a documentary. So leave Woo-hoo. it on from your doc chat. Okay. So it's May 2003. And there is a 20-year-old writer called Dylan Avery. And he is trying to write a fictional screenplay. So his screenplay is about three kids discovering a conspiracy about the 9-11 attacks. And basically, in the course of researching for his fictional screenplay, Dylan Avery kind of red-pilled himself and decided that actually what he was discovering was enough evidence to support the fact that the, the the conspiracy, sorry, the not fact, the conspiracy that the attacks were orchestrated by members of the United States government. And with that, he started work on his opus, a nonfiction uh, film about how 9-11 was an inside job. Right. Now, 9-11 being an inside job 
is like Wild one of the theory, most yeah. established conspiracy theories now ever. But in the early kind of post 9-11 era, like the conspiracy theory community hadn't galvanized yet mm. in such a big way. Because mm. we didn't have as much YouTube. Exactly. Exactly. So like, basically, yeah, like a lot of people who kind of believe it was an inside job, believe it was, uh, you know, in order to start a forever war in the um, Middle East. East. Okay. And um, that it was what they needed to um, justify invading. Um, and and the, the in idea of invading was what? That they would just have control of the Middle East and... Oil. Access and oil. oil. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, he made... Can I just ask, did they do that during the war? Did they go in and pillage all the oil in the Middle East? They certainly pillaged fucking everything. I don't know. Uh, mm. Maybe. I mean, yeah, presumably, or else it was kind of a way of... I'm going to red pill myself over okay. here now <laughs> as well. I'm like, that's suspicious. Well, Michael Moore made a really interesting documentary called... Um, Roger, no, was it Roger and me? What the fuck? Oh, sorry, I'll look it up. But I'll one of his up. documentaries kind of tracks the US relations with the Middle East from the kind of early 90s onwards. Mm. And like it does, there is like, you know, there is reasons why America at war in the Middle East would have made fiscal sense and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, I suppose whether you believe that Americans were willing to, uh, American government was willing to perpetrate the worst domestic terrorist attack of all time uh, in aid of this, you know, it just, I guess it depends on where you fall on the side of the conspiracy theory. Do the conspiracy theorists believe that, in fact, similar to the Sandy Hook conspiracy that there were no deaths so there's a mix a lot of oh, some right. conspiracy theorists believe that there was um no planes okay that the planes were holograms okay okay um they a lot of them believe, much like abba exactly they're the avatars and they're beautiful <laughs> a lot of them believe that what people thought they saw was actually a flyby um which and so as in the plane coming in, not hitting exactly. and actually managing to exit stage left. Without oh, I realizing. can just imagine there's loads of videos of people with the red circles. Yeah, here's the, the plane. Sky. Oh, yeah, yeah. And especially the fact that there's only one known piece of footage of the first tower being hit. Mm. Um, so a lot of people were like um, that, that what we saw in the towers was explosions that were set off from inside the towers, mm -hmm. not caused by the like engine fuel and plane crash. Do you know what I mean? Um, now, Dylan Avery isn't of the opinion that it were, there were no deaths. He does believe that people died. He does believe that the attacks took place. Okay. Um, which makes him even a controversial figure among 9-11 truthers. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so basically, he spent the next couple of years working on his uh, first edition of his film called Loose Change. And in April of 2005, he made the footage or the, made the film available for free online. And he also... On YouTube? Uh, well, he was given, yes, but he was given also a limited DVD release. Um, and he had, he sold 50,000 wow. copies. It's actually amazing. He is literally just, a, mostly just a random kid. Um, and he was... Uh, well, as in like a random kid with no ties in the film industry and mm. things like that. And um, 
he also gave away about 100,000 copies. So it made it cost him about $2,000 to make his film. And he basically made it like on his lapper. Um, he had, it was uh, noted for a very distinctive soundtrack that was produced by a guy called DJ Schooley. Mm-hmm. And oh, um, the music familiar. is very distinctive. Very distinctive. Do you have it? Well, I can probably bring it up a bit real quick. Um, And it's one of those kind of classic sort of like, you know, the voiceover just saying kind of meaningful questions. I see. And things like that. Um, And uh, sorry now, just get a little clip for you. What was his name again? So here's the trailer. Perfect. The first question I have is basically to get from you a sense of how you would rate the American media in their coverage of the events of the attack last September. Well, let's see. Uh, shamefully is a word that comes to mind. This just in, you were looking at obviously a very disturbing live shot there. That is the World Trade Center, and we have unconfirmed reports this morning that a plane has crashed into one of the towers. This is actually incredible. The uh, American journalism was cowed and intimidated by the uh, uh, massive flag sucking, this uh, patriotic orgy. You know, if you criticize the president, it's unpatriotic, and there's something wrong with you, you may be a terrorist. Mm. So, so in that sense, there's some tunes. There's not enough room for dissenting voices. Well, there's plenty of room. Uh, there's just not enough people are willing to take the risk. You might, I don't know whether we've confirmed that this was an address or to be more specific. Some people said they thought they saw a missile. A missile? But yeah, a plane would look like a missile. Well, yeah. Um, so there is some tunes there on the back of that. It's um, real um, Tiger King kind of backing yeah. track, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. I mean, who's he interviewing there in those pieces? Well, like, exactly. <laughs> really? I mean, you really could just find any old person I to see. give some interviews. But no, no, he does um, do some interviews and stuff like that. Basically, his film was like, you could say, the first thing to ever go viral. Like, oh, really? Yeah. What's it called again, Soph? Loose Change. So um, he has admitted that there are like inaccuracies in the film. Right. um, But has said himself, we don't ever come out and say that everything we say is 100%. That's implied by it being a documentary, though. We know there are errors in the documentary and we've actually left them in (laughs) so that people discredit us and do the research for themselves. Oh, come on. Yeah. Now... In 2007, right, so two years after the first cut comes out, a media entrepreneur called Mark Cuban was going to actually distribute Loose Change um, and an entrepreneur called Matthew Brown was going to finance it, right? Yeah. And they even had Charlie Sheen, of course, (laughs) lined up to narrate the film. Mark Cuban is huge. Mark Cuban is one of the sharks on Shark Tank. No way. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. No way, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, he's like, he would have a, I think he's a kind of network owner and he's made a hell of a lot of money doing it. It's classic um, so they were American gonna, media. Right, They were going to fund it. As in, so basically give it a proper distribution, like probably like a cinema release and like basically, you know, make it. Sniffing out that yeah. this has gone viral. Well, this, this is, is going to be so classic. dangerous. Do you know that mm. 90% of the media in America, I think it's 90% privately owned, is owned by, by just people. like, I think it's four or five conglomerates. Mm. So they own, it's, it's consistent across the world that like, a really high percentage of media is owned by all the same people. Yeah, not us guys. Um, media pluralism—it's just, just not. It's not good. Yeah, not like good. speaking of the actual, like the thing that encapsulates so fully that problem. Fox News mm. um, had uh, Mark Cuban on uh, to talk to Bill O'Reilly, um, and he spoke about it and basically said, like later, that Sheen's career would have been over if he narrated it, but. Charlie actually um, got on that himself a couple of years later and just <laughs> did an old um, self yeah. end of career. <laughs> um, so Dylan Avery has recut and revised the movie six times, <gasps> right? The third edition is called Final Cut, lol. Um, I've done that. That's, that's, he's just working with clients. <laughs> that's just final, final. Final, yeah. final, 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 this one. Caps. <laughs> final V1, final V2. So some of the question marks that he raises in the film are, if a plane crashed into the Pentagon, why was the hole so small? Um, if anyone remembers that kind of footage of the Pentagon, it did kind of, uh, it looked kind of like one corner, you know. Okay. I mean, like who among us knows any fucking thing about aeronautical damage? Exactly. And um, certainly I don't believe Dylan Avery particularly knew. I love the idea that they're like, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. That's the next thing. Why did the collapse of the tires Towers, in fact, look so controlled. Um, they did fall because in a uniform way, but so many engineers have described the collapse of floor upon floor upon floor well, upon floor. those buildings floor. are designed yeah. to collapse like that so that they don't Go, destroy yeah, all the buildings around. If it had exploded and gone all over the city. That would have been more suspe- suspect. He claims that explosions can be seen in the footage of the collapse 30 floors below where the demolition wave is visible. Indicating that there was some explosive device put below 
that kind of accelerated exactly the, that the there fall. was potentially yeah. devices down throughout the towers okay you do have to love when someone who knows nothing about nothing looks at something I love and it like, doesn't feel right that that doesn't feel right. right this just gives me a weird vibe don't you think that's not how it would happen yeah so Dylan basically maintains that at best they knew mm. it was coming okay um, and didn't stop it now, that's or an interesting... at worst that they did it themselves so they could launch the wars in the Middle East. There was probably a very good chance that they had some intel that something was happening, maybe. Yes. So they constantly had people working on intel. Yes, yes, for sure. And that's what the 9-11 commission that was eventually like the report that was released said as much. And it's very famous line from the 9-11 commission is that it was like failures on so many levels, but... Uh, like kind of ultimately it was a failure of imagination Mm. that's the kind of quote that basically they just could never have conceived of something like 9-11 like you know the that anyone was kind of capable of doing it yeah or like that there was sort of architects of disaster Mm. that were thinking so big and being able to pull something like that off or would have the balls to attack the US and uh, you know on its own and obviously like the World Trade Center being like symbolic of, exactly. of, of so much but like the film really did capture people like even filmmaker David Lynch spoke in an interview about the film so like that's fucking mm-hmm. wild imagine like Dylan Avery's like made this film in his bedroom David Lynch is speaking about an interview and uh, his quote now in it was I think kind of a little bit shit posty a little bit trolly he was like it's not so much what they say in the film, but it's the things they say that make you think at they look at things in a different light. So it's kind of you know it's yes. vague. It's, yeah, it's it's an oh we're asking questions. But in kind the of same thing. in the same kind of way that you just said that was one of the first viral conspiracy. Yes, yeah. this idea of mm. disinformation sort of hadn't been really explored yet in our kind of media context. So that exactly. idea, that kind of frenetic excitement about there might be a different way. Yeah, yeah. There's another truth here. Kind of was part of the kickoff to this much larger movement that that we're looking at now. And like at the end of the 90s, there was just such widespread distrust of the American government. Like, so in the 90s, there was a lot of like domestic terrorism, like the Oklahoma bombings, Mm. Timothy McVeigh, that fucking prick. And then there was stuff like the siege at uh, Ruby Ridge, um, and also Waco, mm. where like you, uh, you know, American forces were harming civilians as well as well as people they believed to be a threat. And like, so the kind of, um, you know, there was just so many like, I suppose what what seemed like fringe attitudes about, you know, the US government being like, quote unquote, in on things. Yeah. You know, they These, were mushrooming at the edges of the consciousness. Well, and then sort of internet viralism. Exactly. Th- these conversations would have been happening in living rooms, bars, Ex- in like, staffs, four in the morning, that kind of character. Yeah, yeah. And in kind of like civilian militia circles and things like that. Yes. People who were stockpiling arms and things yes. like that. And like truly stop selling guns if you don't want people to stockpile them. You, yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, and then you see, I suppose, because the mainstream media hadn't really 
like seen something like Loose Change before, something that was homemade but captured hundreds yeah. of thousands of people's attention, it then like, it, you know, on report in reporting, it lends it credence, you know, yeah. which mm. then you can draw a direct line all the way up to the fake news and everything, you know. So it's really fucking Did interesting you watch it because though? I feel like it, this all is, I've watched bits of it. Yeah. This all is like such the backbone of where we've arrived at now with QAnon and everything. How much of it do you think was uh, the fact that it was a good film, uh, entertaining and sort of fun to sort of approach and how much of it was felt real. I think think? it's just that there's so much compelling footage Mm. and it's like, it's just undeniable that 9-11 is such a compelling event. Mm. It's a horrific event and it's compelling. So I do think like you can consume it and start to be, and also you see, okay, not to sound all like, but like, the more and more that we discover about like, um, you know, secret operations of of all governments, but of American government, like the MK Ultra, yeah. for example, that you did a few so, months it's so ago. Fascinating. Like you do start to go, well, like, well, it's fascinating. They yeah. haven't comported themselves great up till now. No, and the interesting thing about MK Ultra was how overarching it was, how many events it touched. Yeah. And then that's the kind of argument that people use against exactly, these conspiracies. How could they organize something so massive? How could so many people be in on it? How could nothing have leaked? Exactly. And in fact, yes, there was many, many leaks. But And <clears> the <throat> fact that UFOs uh, crashed at Roswell. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, we have that's right, to do the that. The fact. No, no. Um, but it's uh, like... <clears throat> Exactly. All of those things, I think, exist in the American consciousness, Mm. you know, and it's it's basically, I think, been layer upon layer of mistrust kind of being fostered, you know, like, no, I do not believe that 9-11 was an inside job. Categorically want to put it on the record. I do not. But do I believe that they leveraged it to the fullest and started an absolute shit show of a war? That is still the ramifications of it yeah. are still um, like fucking death. harrowing and being felt in the countries that they um, invaded. So look, yeah. Anyway, um, David Lynch went on to say of this film on the suggestion that the American government was behind the attacks. It's too big for people to think about. Mm. Now, I do believe it's not true, but um, the 9-11 Commission, right, was a report um, that was nearly 500 pages long. It had nearly 2,000 footnotes. And it basically did detail all of the ways that the American government had failed to anticipate the attacks. And basically, loose change is like Dylan Avery's commission. <laughs> he says that the buildings didn't collapse, were, but were blown up. So that's one of the most prominent conspiracy theories, that the collapse of the Twin Towers and Seven World Trade Center were the result of controlled demolitions rather than structural failure due to impact mm. of planes. Um, they also, as you heard in that trailer, believed that the Pentagon was hit by a missile launched uh, by elements from inside the US government. Sorry. They also would um, believe, that's the thing as well, with all of these conspiracy theories, it's not so much that anyone is married to one particular thing, it's that they're like, either this happened or it could have been this or it could have been that, which obviously, going back to my mother's rule for life, two excuses. Mm. Um, if if you tell my mum that like, I can't go for coffee because I have to drop the kids and I have to clean the house. It's a lie. It's a lie, she yeah. doesn't believe it. If you do two excuses, no. Anyway, um, so they also believe that the hijacked planes may have been remotely controlled or that um, 
they were allowed, yeah, remotely controlled by American military. He believes that Flight 93 um, was a hoax. So Flight 93 is the flight on which passengers managed to overpower the hijackers, if anyone remembers, and the plane, they hit the ground uh, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So did you remember this? The Flight 93, they believe, was on the way to... I think it was the White House that it was, they think That's it was right. on a course for the White House and um, that passengers like fucking civilian heroes overcame the hijackers and the plane nosedived in Pennsylvania. Uh, the Flight 93 hoaxers say this didn't happen because in aerial shots of the crash site, there's no debris. Hmm. Now, science says that the plane hit the ground nose down going 580 miles an hour and that a collision an impact like that it practically vaporized were there casualties i don't know a hundred percent casualties yeah not a single not a single person so during that um takedown of the passengers of the terrorists on board there was obviously no time to write the ship or no yeah. Jesus wept. Um, Loose Change claims that the plane landed safely at Cleveland Airport, where it was evacuated by government personnel into an unused NASA research center. Mm-hmm. And as evidence, the film offers photographs and eyewitness reports of the crash site, media reports of the corresponding and bizarre acuva- ac- evacuation at Cleveland um, Airport. That just happened to be happening at the same time. There was an evacuation going on at Cleveland Airport, but also it was in the middle of 9-11 and like all across the country. There were there was widespread panic. Were they evacuating because of 9-11? Having just well, I'd say anyone who was due to get on a plane was like, nope. Exactly. Nope. Let's get out of the airport. Get out of a place that there's a lot of people. Now, we know that there was a lot of um, phone contact with many of the planes. Um Individuals on the plane ringing their loved ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh there was. Yeah, that's right. Me- voice messages. Um, there is uh, one um, one of the flight attendants on one of the planes that crashed into the towers. There is audio of her phone calls explaining what was happening. Like her her name is Ong. I can't remember her first name. Which Deborah Ong. I believe it is. And she was like one of like the true heroes of 9-11 that she managed to raise some alarm and um, give a description of give a description of what was happening. Um, It's absolutely harrowing um, text. Betty Ong. Sorry. Um, So she was a flight attendant on um, the Flight 11, which was the first airplane hijacked. And she was the very first person to alert authorities on the ground to what was taking place that day. So the suggestion in the documentary would be that was all hoaxed. All of that was fake. Exactly. The recordings were an actor. Everything was uh, faked calls. Um, There was like, there's a real kind of miscellaneous list of accusations and allegations, claims that the cell phone calls could not be made from American Airlines flight at the time of the crash. And they were accused asking why had American Airlines had to install a system in their own airplanes to allow the reception of cellular signals within the planes if they could do this, which is like, I think, very word salad kind of 
I don't even listen to the what I'm actually asking here, but I'm asking a question. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, why would they do this? And it's all the kind of language of it. You know that kind of way. So yeah, they were like saying that calls from passengers were faked using sophisticated voice morphing technology. Why would they need to do that? Um. They also claimed that the video of Osama bin Laden claiming responsibility for the attacks was also faked. And um, then it alleges that the list of hit uh, of hijackers the government initially released, many were not on the planes and therefore they survived September 11, may even still be alive. Um, you know, like basically enraging, right? But so much of I think some of it with these conspiracy things is that sometimes it's so dense yeah. that it's like You're sort to, of re- to refute it. Yeah. Mm. To refute it actually requires huge legwork. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Mm. Now, luckily, we have a man who's willing and ready to do the legwork, right? So this guy's called Mark Roberts, right? And he was a rollerblading New, New York City tour guide. Nice. Yeah. Which Loads I totally time on his remember. Very New York. Yeah. This was very like 90s and 2000s. So he had been a rollerblading tour guide. And um, he would, after 9-11, bring people to Ground Zero, which was at the time just a 16-acre hole. That is 12 football fields. Fuck. Isn't hell. that crazy? Like if you go now to Ground 16 Zero. 16 acres wide. Wide. Fucking hell. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like what have they left now with the oh, memorial? A stunning memorial. A, I a waterfall it. that goes down, down, isn't it? It's two huge kind of squares in the footprint of the original towers. Mm-hmm. And I not to size though, or yes. Have they remained yeah, with the, the sixteen of the towers, as far as I know. And you, uh, so they're kind of bordered by kind of um, these brass ledges on which everyone's names are written um, who died in the attacks. And they have like this kind of four-sided waterfall that cascades downwards. Mm, So it basically, it captures the absence. Mm. Yeah. Rather than erecting, like now, um, like the, the, is it the One World Tower? What they have built there instead is kind of a, a monument. Okay. And then they have these like beautiful memorials. So anyway, at the time it was just absolute like clearing the rubble, everything. And Mark Roberts was down there every day giving tours and he started to <laughs> realize that um, there was conspiracy theories, theory, theorists down there as well. Every day at uh, Ground Zero, it was a battleground Um of people who believe the conspiracies and people who believe the mainstream narrative. And so Mark Roberts started confronting people um, about their conspiracy theories. And he didn't just start going, no, you're wrong. Oh my God, you're wrong. Just listen to the news, listen to the scientists. Mm. No, he had watched Loose Change and he made a line by line rebuttal of the film. Very good. And he would bring his big folder of facts uh, down there to Ground Zero wearing a name tag that read Sensible Person. (laughs) And I saw footage of him with a 9-11 quote unquote truther. And um, the truther is like, do I know every single fact? No, I'm not a wizard. And Mark is like, neither am I. I just read the report. So he basically goes to war against 
the misinformation. So much so that after a while, uh, he is being accused of working for the government. Of course he is. being accused of working um, for the CIA. Then naturally infighting begins among the conspiracy theorists. There is the no planes at all people who believe not only that it was an inside job, but that there were never any planes to begin with. As I said earlier, they were holograms. Mm. Dylan Avery himself started to have to defend reality um, because he obviously believes that there were planes. He believes there were crashes and he believes there were deaths. But uh, they start accusing Dylan Avery of being a stooge. So he himself, the leader of the conspiracy theorists, isn't conspiracy enough for them. And uh, so then the no planes people started to call anyone who believed there were actually planes, the plane huggers. Nice. Mm. There was just conspiracies within conspiracies. And the anti-Semites became annoyed that the Jews weren't being blamed enough. Okay. And started calling Dylan Avery a Zionist misinformation disseminator. (laughs) Now, this is just a random one that I remember. So basically, look, yes, it wages on. I guess those conspiracies have morphed into other, even more unsettling and upsetting conspiracies. And um, there's uh, the um, uh, attacks in um, in England, July seven attacks. The underground attacks. Yeah, and yeah. um, there's I wrote a, read a fascinating piece by a woman who was caught up uh, in the explosions in the underground. Um, and she in the aftermath was really, really rattled, obviously mm. traumatized. And she found a what she thought was a group of, um, you know, people who were kind of doing a support group. Yeah. And went oh, along only God. to realize that they were all uh, conspiracy theorists who believed she was an actor. And um, what did they lure her into meeting in order to catch her out? Or yeah. Gross. Yeah. There was also obviously like. Sandy Hook is something that is just too appalling to, to ever even, even yeah. like. Yeah, well, the court cases are ongoing, but it's well, Alex Jones is finished. Oh, I mean, financially gone. Do you okay? Do you remember this one? Right, this is one maybe Jan and I might remember. Do you remember the Wingdings thing? No. When we were in school. Go on. Remember it. So basically in um, the kind of months after 9-11, there was an email circulated. I remember claimed, this. Yes. That if you selected Wingdings, does everyone the remember font, Wingdings? Uh, the font. They used to use, they had like weird little symbols for things that seemed totally random. Okay. And so basically the conspiracy theory claims that Wingdings predicted 9-11. Mm. The font. It was predicted by a font, guys. Um, so basically, um, if you entered Q33NY, which is erroneously claimed as the flight number of the first plane to hit the Twin Towers, Wingdings would bring up a character sequence of plane. a plane flying into Tower. two rectangular paper sheet icons, which <gasps> looked like skyscrapers, yeah. followed by the skull and crossbow symbol and never forget the anti-Semitism guy. <laughs> Uh, the Star of David. There it is. Um, Let's have a look. So, uh, did you see erroneously? So that's not. Yeah, the was not the number. flight number. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, so I vividly remember in the art room at school going on the art room computer and setting windings like, and being like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, this is from Wikipedia, and um, I just thought the wording was really funny. This is a hoax. 
The flight numbers of the two airplanes that hit the towers were American <clears throat> Airlines Flight 11 and United Airlines Flight 175. The tail numbers were N334AA and N612UA. Not. The attacks were not targeted at Jews. Um, so anyway, uh, that that is the story of Loose Change, which was one of the first viral uh, films ever. It's fascinating. I had one fascinating. final thing that I really wanted to tell you about 9-11, but it's flopped out of my head. Feck. You could tell. Oh, sorry, I do remember. Sorry, Woo-hoo. this is one interesting thing. It's only just a line. But like, so after 9-11, there, you know, the US government mobilized so intensely uh, about like what might be coming next. Yeah. That's it. I remember even like all across the world, there was like discussion of like what uh, landmarks could be next targeted and what to be done about it. Right. And so this was like done secretly at the time. Um, the US government commissioned a think tank made up entirely of Hollywood directors and screenwriters because if you remember they summed up the 9-11 commission as having it having been a failure of imagination yeah and they were like you know who's going to be able to imagine scenarios really well filmmakers screenwriters and directors fascinating yes so they had this think tank the going for years where all of these people would meet in secret david fincher was in one of them david fincher who directed gone girl uh fascinating so they would all meet up and be like guys Think of the most well, outlandish, yeah. you know, Let's ever. spitball. Yeah. Let's spitball. Yeah. And isn't that really interesting? So they all just um, had just signed Imagine non-disclosure. the agreements. anxiety of being in one of those meetings. Oh, forget that. you're just that. sitting there amazing. Like, You'd just be coming up with ideas. You'd just be like, this yeah, is wild. Like, you Let's know what they could do? Synchronized swimming. Yeah. That's got to have something Anthrax to do with it. Yeah. to everyone. More dolphins. Headless goats. Headless goats. Full um, circle. So there you go. That's full circle. Interesting side note, Betty Ong's, who was the one who was the very first person to report the attacks, um, flight attendant of the mm. flight uh, 11. Her niece is very good on you on the Internet. Get out. Yeah, yeah. She's doing 9-11 content? No, not remotely. Lovely. She good is to hear a comedian it. and you have to uh, follow her. She's really funny. Michelle Ong. Very good. Well done. Thanks, I bet you I've just given her name wrong. Do you know what? It is actually just really nice when one of us do our specialist subjects. Sorry. Yeah, I know. Isn't it? It is. It's fascinating. You just know, you know, just over the years, you've amassed so much interesting tidbits. Knowledge. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And did we get into, we didn't quite get it into September, but maybe enough time, you know, we're close enough. Look, we'll set it to have published in September and tell everyone it was there. Conspiracy. Um, That's probably the whole episode. That's the episode. shit, I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. Next up on the Hive, and this is a good time to join our patron because we've got a juice factory coming your way in the form of chess. Polish your rook. Get your queen and king in order. The bishop. Get the bishop (laughs) on board. The bishop's going to have fun. All right. Checkmate, motherfucker. Patreon.com forward slash the creep dive. Bye. 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 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.